BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm in LA and I got so freaking lucky that I not only got to meet this human this week, but she agreed to sit down with me and talk. Please welcome Cammie Crawford of MTV's Catfish and her own show on Dear Media as well, her podcast, Relationship. Hey! Hi! Hi! We freaking, like, across the room, we're like, <gasps> yes, yes, <gasps> you! I know you! <laughs> I, like, can't wait to talk to you I on know, Friday. but for me, I had you in, like, you're like an up here person. Uh, my what? hands are raised in the air. So, <laughs> what does that I even mean? That's a podcast, and I'm a hand talker. I don't know. You're like kind of a big deal. So I was like, the fact that you saw me and knew who I was, I was like, oh, uh, obviously. <laughs> I was obviously. so excited. The oh fact that we were even doing this, I'm so excited. Tell everyone who the heck they are if they're you know uh, live under a rock. Oh well, I am a former Miss Teen USA. Wait, I didn't even know that about you. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. I know. I try to start with like See, the genesis of, yeah. <laughs> well, first and foremost, I'm a Scorpio, October 25th, 1992. Then I won Miss Teen USA in 2010. And then I, you know, started pursuing my career in television. That was what I wanted to do for a while. Mm. Prior to that, actually, though, I wanted to be a dermatologist. So I guess, I guess not. It wasn't like my lifelong dream, but it became. This explains so much. Mm, about my pores. Yeah. I've been <laughs> shitting on her all week. About the, well, when I met you, I was like, you don't have a pore on your face. And you're like, oh, I didn't do my own makeup. And then you walked in today and I was like, fuck you. You don't have a pore on your face. Where's the pores? I honestly, I so did get sense. a facial recently and he's, okay. the guy told me I don't have pores. I find that to be false because things you have beautiful still pop up. skin. Thank you. I think you, when you come into like social media and you come into like what social media looks like on uh, the filtered version of it, yeah. and then people in real life, you just get like a little bit jaded. So every right. once in a while, you meet somebody, you're like, "Are you the filter? <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you have it on you all the time? What Are is you happening? The drama? What's your? <laughs> what's your? <laughs> I do this all the time though. I end up like at dinners with people. I'm like, "Can you explain to me your entire skincare routine? Yeah, I just absolutely. need to. That's like I'll nerd out on skincare yes. for so long. So that makes sense to me that yeah. you're a skincare junkie too. Well, I am. And I, I thought I wanted to be a dermatologist until I got to college. And I was like, fuck this. This is this is a lot. This is a lot of school. Lot. So, and I also, with my experience being Miss Teen USA, got a bunch of experience on camera. So I was like, I could be good at something non-traditional. 
had to explain that to my parents. They were very supportive, even though I was terrified. I was like, they're going to be like, what are you doing with your life? Trying to pursue communications, television. Mm. Like, it's such a, a weird space. And I did it. And it was incredible. It took a long time. It took seven years before I booked Catfish. And it's like my favorite thing to do. I'm obsessed with it. It's an amazing job. And my co-host Neve and I are like brother and sister. We're on every that. week on Wednesdays at 8, 7 Central on MTV. And it's awesome. It's so much fun. And then in addition to that, I have my podcast, Relationship, which is a relationship advice podcast. And it's just, it's so much fun. And things are just expanding. I just shot as a Sports Illustrated swimsuit rookie. I hope you're going to say it because I'm going (laughs) to say it if you don't. I'm a rookie this year, which is awesome. And I just shot for that last week, which was insane. It still hasn't hit me yet though. Yeah. I don't know when it's going to. I, I hope it never does. I hope yeah. you always, there's certain things that in life you're like, this is really cool. And yeah. I hope it feels cool forever. Like, yes. that's just awesome. But how did you get into, like, why relationships and relationship? Like, why was that the podcast angle for you? Is it because you're so jaded from Catfish? Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think there's so many things that I want to say on Catfish that, you know, don't make air mm. that I was like, I need an outlet to just be able to say my shit. But I, I also, I wanted to create a space where, like, I feel like we put so much emphasis on romantic relationships yeah. but there are so many other relationships in our lives that actually bring even more meaning and like long-term value to who we become as people than just who we're romantically involved with so like friendships the podcast we talk about like co-worker relationships networking we talk about siblings we talk about anything anything having to do with a relationship the relationship with yourself the most important one that you have like you know we talk about literally everything when it comes to relationships and I just like that. I don't want to be put in any particular box of like, oh, this is a dating podcast because who gives a fuck about that? Like, I want to hear about your your childhood trauma. I want to hear about grandma. (laughs) Like, I don't want to talk about who you dated on Thursday all the time because even for me, being in the dating world is still new for me. Like, I'm recently single as a few months ago. And it's it's different for me to be out here. So now I even get to talk about that on the podcast, which is fun. And it's like relationships, you know, we say the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty because it's always everything. Like it can't always be sunshine and rainbows. It's usually not that. Yeah. Now you, how long were you in your last relationship for? Five years. So have you started dating? No. Okay. I was not gonna, legitimately. I was like, have you gotten catfish? Because wouldn't no. that be like... <laughs> Imagine it's like Inception. You become the show. No, that would be terrifying. And also like I would have to quit my job because I would be like, I'm not good enough or qualified to to have this job, to have this role. But I am always terrified that anyone that I meet is going to be a mass murderer. Oh, why? Because I'm a Scorpio. Oh, (laughs) like are you listening to a lot of crime podcasts? Yes. And that and that a lot of true crime. I feel I I kind of went through like a little bit of a jealous phase because I, you know, I got married at a really young age. And when I was single, I was 30 and I was like, oh, this is exciting. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, no, yeah. it's not exciting. And dating was so different. I got I got a crash course in it, truly. Like I didn't date very much, but like I kind of was seeing this one person, but it was it was so interesting the way everything played out. And I don't know, I was just like, I thought in relationships you talk all the time and they write each other back. Yeah. I had to come to terms with like what ghosting was. Yeah. <laughs> and then I met my husband, like, and we we didn't date for a while. I definitely had to like take some time alone. I think that's one of our greatest discomforts, especially as women, is to like learn how to be alone. Mm. 
Mm. We're not really, that's not really a thing for us. Mm -hmm. I really had to like come to grips with like, what do I even like? What do I even want to do with my own time? And how do I not just like pacify this discomfort with like a person? Yeah. But when I met my husband, I was a little bit annoyed because I was like, I actually missed the dating pool. And everyone's like, no, you didn't. It is not great out there right now. Yeah. That's what everyone tells me. How are you feeling about, you know, you you talk obviously about relationships all the time, all different ones, but like in dating, are you, are you excited? Are you nervous? Is there a part of you that's like, this is a new chapter and it's like completely unknown or are you like dreading it? Because there's a lot of like stories out there of like yeah. how rough it is. Like five years ago was very different from oh, yeah. today. Yeah. I've never had to get on a dating app in my life because mm-hmm. I, they weren't really in existence when I got into my last relationship and the one before that. So I was dreading it for a really long time because it just felt weird because I often talk about like the unlearning that we have to do when we get out of relationships Mm -hmm. where we're like, okay, I have to literally eliminate this person from my mind in every aspect of like what my future is supposed to be because or what I thought my future was going to be. My Mm -hmm. therapist tells me to stop saying supposed to because she's like, if it was supposed to be, it would be. So like, let's say, if you know what it is. So you have to like unlearn and unthink and unfantasize and unromanticize a person. Mm. It's like a mourning. It's a loss. Like, you know, if you lose someone in your life, it's like, okay, I lost this person. Like this person's not going to be able to walk me down the aisle or this person's not going to be able to watch my kids grow up. Like this is, that is what you have to do when you break up with someone or a relationship ends. That's romantic. You have to unthink about, okay, this is going to be the father of my kids or like, this is what our wedding is going to look like, whatever. So that took a while and that was scary. And just up until a couple of weeks ago, I'm finally like, this is fun. Like, mm. I'm actually having a good time. Like, yeah. just being free. And, like, you don't realize how much, you know, because I think we try to not lose ourselves in relationships. But often in unbalanced relationships, it can become very, very difficult to not forget parts of who you are or, mm. you know, be tapped into certain aspects of who you are. Yeah, I'm a very, like, flirtatious sexual person. Like, that's yeah. just how I, yeah. how I am. So being able to like explore that again is fun. Like just being able to flirt. I will flirt with anyone. I will flirt with fucking a rock just because it's fun for the Flirting moment. is fun. <laughs> yes. It's very fun. It's so fun. Even especially when you don't like, when you're not trying to. Like I'm not mm. actively flirting with anyone. It's just kind of like, eh, hey, like, you know, it's yeah. fun. And you can't do that when you're in a relationship. Well, most times in the relationships I've been in, monogamous ones, you can't really do that. It's true. So yeah, to my husband, I'm not flirting with anybody, but I do love it. (laughs) It's so fun. The buildup, it's like, I remember somebody said one time that, you know, the best part of the kiss is the buildup. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Like it's kind of like the anticipation of everything. It's all so exciting. And then you get into like the real stuff later, but there's this like little window. But, you know, I remember when I met my husband and I had that same type of thing, like you did lose yourself in a relationship. I remember when I met my first husband, he was somebody that was nothing like I was. So I was like, well, to woo him, you have to become what they like. Mm. And so I was like, yes, I love those things. Yes, I would do that. Yes, I would move across the world. And then it was like, no, I won't. Like, I don't want to do that at all. I actually really love living in my hometown. I don't want to leave like all of this stuff. And to be honest, like, and to his, you know, he was right in the fact that like, I kind of lied. Like Mm. I did kind of like, I thought I was doing what was best at a lot of times in like being this person. So when I met my husband now, he's been married before and has like other long-term relationships. And I'm like, I was in a 13-year relationship, 11-year marriage. So I came out like swinging, like 
he was like, I'm like, oh, what do you like to do? What are you doing this weekend? Because we were coworkers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm going camping. I'm like, I hate camping. Yeah. Never want to yeah, go camping. camping. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I didn't invite you camping. I just want you to know. Yeah. I fucking hate it. Yeah. I will never go camping. And he's like, okay. Don't even but ask. But like that, I had to be so, I was so protective of mm-hmm. myself. I became so like, no, I don't want to go back into a situation where I'm defending who I am yeah. or I'm, you know, somehow trying to become something I'm not and constantly feeling not good enough. Because there's this part of us that the desire to be accepted can sometimes override what relationship is actually supposed to be about, which is truly not like if we're going to look at it like a debit and credit system, it has to be something that adds to your life. It's not supposed to be draining. Yes. It's not supposed to be something that exhausts who you are. So is there parts of you that's now like, I need to figure out who the fuck I am and what I actually want. And like, I'm excited about in order to like protect that person. You know, I think that, the relationship ending came later because Mm. it was already fizzling out. So I already had a good year and a half to two years of time to really tap back into myself. Mm -hmm. Kind of just out of like, I don't even know if I want to use the word desperation, but it was like, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. Like I have to be about me for a minute. Like I have to get back to the things that made me feel like me because I don't feel like myself anymore. And I actively had this conversation with him and I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to start doing things for myself Yeah, because I've been doing everything for you. So I need to start doing things for me. So that was when I started like my fitness journey, my mental health journey also came along with that at the same time. I got a therapist, started working with her, still working with her. She's amazing. Still working with my trainer. He's amazing. And I just started pouring back into myself. Mm. And I think that in hindsight, I like thank myself for having made that decision then because it really helped me. Once the relationship ended, I feel so strong. And although like, of course, a breakup is fucking terrible. Like it was horrible. They always are, yeah. It's horrible. It was the worst experience of my life, honestly, up until that point. But after that kind of went away, I then have this like strong footing where I'm like, this is exactly what I want. I know exactly what I want moving forward. And it's interesting that you said the same thing about like you had just turned 30 and gotten out of that relationship. I'm in the last year of my 20s. I'm 29. And there's also just something to like being a little bit older and a little bit wiser. And I'm not the same person that I was when I got into that relationship at 24. Like I'm a completely different person woman or 23. I think we met when I was 23. Like I'm, I'm a woman now. I know what I want. I have multiple businesses. I'm running all my shit. I'm doing everything for myself. I know that I want somebody to come into my life and add to that. Mm -hmm. And if you're not adding to that, then you're subtracting. And I don't have time for that. Like I'm very, very decisive now. Whereas before it was kind of like, Oh, I wonder like who I'll end up with. No, no. Yeah. No, I need a rich man. (laughs) (laughs) Period. That's what, that's what, I know that. I know that. And I need a leader. Like yes. I want a leader in my life yes. because I can lead. Mm-hmm. Like I can 1000% lead. I do it all the time. But I would love somebody to come into my life and be like, I got this. Like you take this, I got this. And like, we're we're on this path together. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that we do take different leadership roles in every relationship. Mm-hmm. But I, I love that you kind of touched on the fact that the relationship in a way, it started to become about you in the end out of necessity or by choice. Because I think that what happens a lot of times with breakups is very rarely do they just 
poof. And yeah. yeah. It is often, that's just when it becomes public. Mm-hmm. And so I know for myself, my divorce in my head was three years before my mm. actual divorce. Yes. Yes. We do this all the time though. All the like time. as women, we do this all the time. And I was having a conversation with one of my guy friends about it. And he was like, why are you guys like that? Like, why don't you just leave? And I'm like, you don't understand it's the unlearning. We have mm-hmm. to do that whole process. we have process. to grieve it. We have to grieve so much. We have so to much. grieve it. And we have to ask you a million times for the same thing just to yeah. be 1,000% sure you're not going to give it to us. Mm-hmm. And then we can finally have the the fucking wherewithal to be like, okay, I had to grieve my kitchen. Like I, I oh. loved my kitchen oh. in my old house. And I remember just being like, I just don't want to leave this kitchen. Yeah. And it's amazing how much like things like that can hold you back mm-hmm. from taking these steps. And it's also just the unknown. Yeah. It's really hard to make big, big decisions into the unknown. And it's also, you have to become almost not strong enough. I think there's like, you have to be emotionally somewhat prepared mm-hmm. for it becoming public knowledge for that. You're, you're intimate. I always compare my divorce with a car wreck, right? It's almost mm-hmm. like nobody was in the fucking car with, with me. Like mm-hmm. nobody was in here except for all of us. And nobody knows what went on in this car until it crashed and everyone rubbernecked and went, what happened? Who's at fault here? Yeah. What, what went on in yeah. the car? Like, no, we've been on this highway for a while yeah. now where <laughs> yeah. it's been a minute and really like holding and protecting myself through that by like not having to pacify everybody's answers. Have mm. you felt like, I know we're talking about your breakup, but I'm not going to ask you your why because that's not important. Like, have you found yourself a little bit protective of you know, that process, you've been, you know, you said a year and a half into like this slow exit and Mm -hmm. now it's kind of become public. How have, did you feel prepared, I guess, to be broken up? I, it honestly was very nerve wracking for me. I, made the announcement. Well, of course, I took all the pictures oh, off Instagram. because you have to do social too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, Which I is like, think about going that. through a breakup is one thing, but going through a breakup when you've already publicly posted this person for the past five years of your life and people are emotionally Archive. invested, yeah, in your relationship. Yeah. It's honestly a little bit crazy because mm-hmm. my thing is like, we romanticize relationships all the time that we don't know shit about. You yeah, don't know so true. what's going on behind the scenes. And I was getting messages all the time, even after the breakup, like, you guys were my couple goals. I wanted a relationship just like yours. You don't know what the fuck we was going through. Yeah, it's You don't so know true. what we were doing. You have no idea the shit that was going down when I posted that picture on mm. our anniversary. Like, you don't know what kind of argument or whatever ensued right before that. And I guarantee you, there was one. So, you know, I it, it definitely was difficult having to make the announcement, but I, I ended up doing a podcast episode on relationship that was called Life Update, I'm Single. And even the day that that came out, I had the worst anxiety because I was like, everyone's going to know. And I'm a very private person. I do share a lot, but the things that are closest to me, I do like to keep private. Mm-hmm. Like I would never get on my podcast and like just share every single yeah. argument that we ever had in our relationship yeah. because he also has a, you know, a great job and like he works with high profile clients and like I wouldn't want to jeopardize his shit either. Putting out that episode felt like freedom to me. And he and I actually did have a conversation post breakup. And he said, you know, when you put it out, I was really upset because I was like, what the fuck? Like, I haven't even talked to her, you know, like this yet. But then he was like, but then I realized that it was something that you had to do for yourself. And it was a part of your process. It was part of your healing. And like, I can appreciate that for you. And I support you in doing that. And, you know, that was not that I needed his confirmation or his acceptance, but it's also like I spoke on my breakup in a way that honored both of us because we had a beautiful relationship. Like even despite the fact that it ended, 
it was a beautiful relationship and it defined a lot of myself and how I operate. He's like a very business guy and like really taught me a lot yeah. of things about how to like stand up for myself in business yeah. settings. So there was positive parts of it. We just weren't right for each other. I feel we do this a lot though. When we talk about romantic relationships, but relationships in general, I felt a lot of guilt that I haven't had like a friendship for 20 years. You know how mm. like how some people are like, oh, I've been friends with somebody since like we were five. And yeah. I'm like, am I the failure here? Like, am I? And I remember one time I called my, I said that my husband and I had both had failed marriages before. And somebody was like, no, you had different chapters. Mm, you had a different mm-hmm. part of life. And, and, you know, we, we see the divorce rates. We yeah. see the breakup rates. We understand that these, these are normal occurrences. People, ha- sometimes we change, we evolve, our, our structures change or it didn't work out. Yeah. And we did a really good job at like creating something and being able to you know, turn the page into something new. But yeah. doing the podcast, you know, you're talking about so many different relationships and d- different aspects. What are some of like the most surprising things that have come out of it in terms of like your understanding of relationships and, you know, the way that we as humans really do romanticize this? I'll be honest, when I see people, if I'm going to be jealous about something, I get really jealous, but almost sad that I'll never have like a 60th anniversary. Do you know? Why not? Because I'll be dead. <laughs> My husband and I are no. not making it to 60 no. years. See, I have this delusion that I have like Peter Pan syndrome. Not that I want to stay young forever, but that I'm never going to die. So I'm going to have a hundredth year anniversary with yeah. someone. I I just did like financial like planning the other day and they planned for us to live to 95. And I was like, that's <laughs> rolling a dice there. Okay. I feel like, like that's ambitious. Are we sure about that? Oh like, my God, no. <laughs> no. I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing that I've learned with relationship and like the people who write in first and foremost, like I'm just so grateful that people trust me with mm. their life stories because yes. the things that people write in, I'm like, you sent this to somebody and it's me? Explain the structure of the relationship for somebody who hasn't listened. Yes, so it's a relationship advice podcast, but we usually spend the large majority of the episode with a guest or even just myself talking about, you know, whatever the topic is at hand. Or, you know, for me, I have like relationship talk, which is just me talking shit about whatever the fuck I want to talk about. (laughs) Um, So it's like a venting session. Yeah, And then we spend the last part of the episode answering questions of people who have either written in or we have a hotline, the relationship hotline, so people can call in with whatever story they have and that they're going through and people ask for advice and they can do it anonymously. The whole idea is that like, you know, this is a judgment-free zone, but you're asking for my advice, so I'm gonna give it to you. So that's like how how it goes. But even the stories that we get, I think the thing that surprises me the most is the fact that we're all fucking going through it. Mm. Like everybody's going through it. And whether it's in one way or another, whether it's with a romantic partner or a friend or a coworker or your parents or whatever— Everybody deals with shit. It's just that we don't come together enough to talk about these things because we think that they're all isolated incidents. Another thing that has surprised me a lot is how many young women are going through really toxic relationships. And it upsets me so much when I get these stories because I just want to like hold them and hug them and slap the shit out of the person that's causing them (laughs) this kind of pain. Because it can be like, it can be a lot. And like, I see it on Catfish all the time too. People go through really traumatic things in their lives. And a lot of the people that write in for the podcast are like, Usually the end is like, I don't know what else to do. I just don't feel like myself or I don't feel worthy or I don't feel this or I don't feel that. And I'm like, fuck this person who's making you feel like that. And then I come on the podcast and say that, which, you know, 
still. It's fuck the person who makes you feel like that. And that's that's the structure of the show. It's just like, I want to rebuild every single person that writes in something saying that they feel distraught because of the way that somebody else has made them feel. Because I know yeah. what that's like, and I've been there. And it's not a good feeling when you have somebody else dictating your mood from day to day or you know your self-confidence or your self-worth. And it's like, the things that we could accomplish if we just didn't allow that to happen, but it's impossible to not because these are the people sometimes who are with you from morning to night. Like, how are you supposed to not be affected by that? You know? Yeah. You know, I recently had my home organized and part of that process is going through stuff in your house that you have to get rid of, that you don't love, that you don't use. And guess what ended up getting an entire shelf because our family loves it that much. We use it that much and it needs that kind of attention. Hydro jug. Our hydro jugs in our family are key. My daughter brings it to cheer practice every single week. I bring one with me to the office all the time. I love the sleeves around them. I love the straws. I love everything about hydro jug. So let me give you the scoop in case you don't know. Hydrojug holds half a gallon of water so you can hydrate more and refill less. It has a leak-proof seal so water stays in the bottle and off your clothes with a wide mouth opening that makes it easy to add ice or fruit and an integrated handle that makes it super easy to carry and drink from. All their products are BPA-free because sustainability is so important. Hydrojug also offers these really cute sleeves that I talked about that make it even easier to carry your Hydrojug. They have little pockets as well, so you can carry all your essentials like your phone, key, chapstick, etc. I recently just got a pink sparkle one with a pink sparkle sleeve. It is glorious and I love her and I might be collecting hydrojugs at this point, but whether you want one that is a BPA-free plastic or a beautiful glass one, you will get so quickly why these are just standing above the rest. Right now, you can go to thehydrojug.com and use my code PAPAYA to get 10% off your order today. Hydrojugs are game changers for anyone on the go or just needing a little bit of hydration. Again, use code PAPAYA at thehydrojug.com to get 10% off and start hydrating today. Okay, I have a doozy of a question, and we're allowed to disagree on this, but I think it's important to talk about. What? What do you think about Ross and Rachel? Okay, I never watch Friends. Oh, okay. (laughs) Scrap this question. You never watch Friends? No. Oh, my goodness. I know. This is like my biggest, it's one of those things where I think, you know, you're talking about people being in really toxic relationships. And in that show, I vent about this a lot on Instagram. So everyone's probably annoyed that I'm going through it again. (laughs) They're like, here she goes with the Ross and Rachel shit. We romanticize somebody who was obsessive, who was controlling, jealous, but it was like romantic. Mm. But I think that happens a lot of times when we talk about a toxic partner, we talk about a narcissist. I think we always expect for it to be somebody really obviously shitty. Yeah. And that's the part that everyone's like, why would you stay with somebody if they were like that? There's so many red flags. Why would you be there? Yes. Because you forget that there's the other side of it, that these people are normally very charming. Mm -hmm. They're 
they're not always calculated. They just have these habits or these tendencies or these ways of dealing with their own trauma or their own things that create these red flags for themselves or make them the way that they are. And that's not on us. Like yeah. that's, you do not have to, you do not have to hold somebody else's trauma for them. It doesn't matter. Right. But ultimately we really like a lot of times when people talk about toxic partners, I think we want them to be like these obvious assholes. Yeah. And they're not. Monsters. Yeah. They're, they're not. not. I mean, I first thing that comes to mind, even though I don't watch Friends, Sex and City, Big and Carrie. Big and Carrie. Big is a fucking narcissistic douche. And anyone he, who yeah. is like, oh my God, I love Big and Carrie. I'm like, first of all, Aiden was the one. She Thank fucked you. it up. Oh my gosh. And Carrie is also a piece of shit. Yeah. So... The there, new season, it. it was funny. In the new season, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil too much. Well, you know what? Spoiler alert. You can fast forward by 30 seconds. But like big dies, right? <laughs> yeah, and so right. we have, and at the funeral, the one woman, she's like, I think she's intoxicated at the funeral, but she's like, am I the only person that remembers how he fucking treated her? Yeah, exactly. And they all like are like, but it, what I found really fascinating is we caught up with Carrie now. She's in her 50s. Mm -hmm. And she had this like beautiful relationship with Big. But she was a shell of who she was. Yes. She's she's insecure doing a podcast. Yes. This is a woman who had a sex column. She was on the side of a bus yes. talking about her fuck stories. And now she's self-conscious about talking about masturbation. Yeah. No, that's not Carrie. No. What happened to her? So we had this like big, beautiful relationship that we all thought was like, idealistic like mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. I don't think it was at all mm -hmm. I'm kind of like I I love the Aiden storyline I thought that he Aiden was, was a beautiful human being but this is this is what we do too right like there is a lot of us uh, there there is parts of us I think that sometimes look for unstable things because it creates this high this like mm -hmm. oh this constant I start when I first got with my husband because I was so untrusting that I would start fights because I just like to hear him tell me he loved me. Instead of just being like, I love you, want to hear it back? I'd be like, I'm going to start a fight yeah, today. Yeah. And it would be over the wildest shit. And finally, one day, he kind of he kind of sat me down and he was like, you've got to stop doing this or it's not going to work out. Ooh. And I think in my head, I thought he wasn't going to go anywhere. We were just going to keep fighting over things. And he was like, I don't do well with this. Like, And you've got to let go. I would bring up like, for instance, he told me he like went to a concert once and I was like, who did you go with? And he like named an ex-girlfriend at a time that I didn't even know him. I didn't even know. And I was like, we're never listening to that music again. Oh I don't want to listen to it. God. And he's like, you're ruining like our relationship. Like you're ruining our experiences based on like what you've built up. But at the end of the day, I was just so untrusting and almost wild that I was starting I was starting some relationship yeah. because I wanted <laughs> the relationship to be validated. Yeah. It's we we do things out of a wild need for something else. Like yeah. it's usually for something else. I don't know where I was going with this, but no, ultimately right. with like the whole caring big thing, I think you're right. There was a lot of like, but people are like, oh, he they were the ultimate. They were this no, big couple. They were trash. It really upset me when they ended up back together. Like a man leaves you at the fucking altar. You were supposed to be in vogue. And then Vogue had to put in the little tiny letters Hall. to say that the wedding didn't end up happening. And Carrie Bradshaw is still single. I will be damned. You will never hear from me again. <laughs> you will never, ever hear from me again. I know. She deserved the big fluffy wedding that she wanted. And she, she deserved ended up going what she got. To, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're right. That too. She deserved what she got for what she did for Aiden. Aiden tried to build you a whole fucking massive apartment. And you just shit on him because he asked you how your day was going regularly? Uh, you deserve nothing. 
Sorry. That, you make a good point. There's somebody on Instagram, I forget who her name is, and she goes through characters that we love and tells us why they're so problematic. Mm. And it always blows me away because I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I didn't even see it. Again, I mean, writers are very good at almost pulling from their own experiences that yeah. like pull into like these big storylines and stuff. But you also do catfish. So you mm-hmm. see like this whole other side where it's like, do you feel like now there's a bit of a gray space where something that we would consider bad is sort of a gray area? Like these are still humans? 1000%. Do you get empathetic for the catfish? All the time. All the time. Especially like when you, because there's a lot of stuff that we talk about on the show that don't, that doesn't make it to yeah. air. So like you get the background story and you really find out more about the person. There was an episode we just filmed that hasn't come out yet, but prior to meeting the catfish, I was like, fuck this guy. He sounds like a clown. Bye. Yeah. Like I was like straight up, probably said it on tape. It's probably going to come out that I said it. And I did say it because I meant it at the time. Um, That was very Scorpio of me. <laughs> no regrets. That's what I meant. And I said it. So there we go. And then we met the person and I couldn't have, I fucking melted, like mm. melted immediately. I was just like, oh, like I just want to hold you. Like yeah. I just want to comfort you for the fact that no one has ever done that in your life. And like yeah. the things that you've had to go through, like I, I'm sorry for that. Um, and I usually do after meeting people, if I do find empathy with them, I do apologize for the negative things that I said and that will come out that I said that I meant at the time, but no longer mean. Um, (laughs) but But I think that's important because that's almost like the human, like that would be your reaction, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I don't have any empathy for the Tinder swindler because he was literally just scamming people. No, 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 no. But I mean, a lot of times on Catfish, I feel like people are just feeling unworthy mm-hmm. they're feeling unworthy of being who they are yeah and so they seek love in a different person yeah by being something they're not there are a lot of deep deep insecurities and trauma mm-hmm. that happen to a lot of people that come on our show and you know we have resources thankfully that are able to help them yeah even after we leave and everyone like on our crew still stays in touch and so it it's helpful but there's a lot of sad people mm-hmm. like and I think if anything the pandemic taught us how isolating life can be even yeah. if you live in a big city even if you live in Toronto even if you live in LA even if you live in New York but even like if think you have about a million friends doesn't matter you could have a million friends you have a million followers it doesn't fucking matter mm-hmm. everybody felt lonely mm-hmm. even if you live with people you can mm-hmm. feel lonely so yeah. I think you know, you have to also consider like a lot of these people that we end up working on stories with don't live in major cities. Yeah. You know, they don't live in a place where they can go to the beach and there's, you know, hundreds of other people trying to go just take a walk. Like they don't live in New York City where people are walking the streets every single day. They live in middle America and, you know, they're isolated for most of the time. Like most of the places we go to has like one stoplight and like the same bar that people have been going to since they turned 21. And like, you know, now they're in their late thirties and they're still the, the only person you can date is the same bitch you knew from kindergarten. That's not fun. Like Mm -hmm. you want, why wouldn't you want to date Rihanna on Instagram when you think she's DMing you? (laughs) Like, of course, like anything feels like, you know, something. So I do find a tremendous amount of empathy and compassion because somebody has to like the world is crazy and sad and mean like if you want to find love what's wrong with that like the only people I don't have compassion for that come on our show are like scammers and like people who clearly are just trying to get one over on somebody because I don't fuck with that but if you're just trying to find love uh, same (laughs) did you watch the Christmas movie love hard 
No. Oh, because it's kind of the storyline of like the guy who catfishes because he doesn't think he's enough and she comes to like surprise him and then they end up like... Why has nobody sent me this movie? How Everybody, have you not watched it? I get a flood of tweets anytime anything remotely close to you catfishing need to watch happens. Love Hard. I've never seen Love Hard. So good. It's on Netflix. It's it's like such an incredible movie. Okay, I'm gonna you watch it. You need to watch it. I love that we're talking about relationships today. And I want to pause to talk about that thing that we mentioned in terms of that core relationship we need with ourselves, that self-care and how it really looks so different for everyone, but for so many different facets of us, it's really different too. So today I want to talk about Dipsy because it is all about giving yourself pleasure, which is a habit you're going to want to keep all life, really. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories. Yes, sexy audio stories. And now they even have brand new written stories if you're someone who likes to wind down with a little written word. No matter who you are or what turns you on, Dipsy helps bring stories to life anytime, anywhere. When I first started out, I was like, is this going to be cringy? Am I going to be uncomfortable? And it was totally immersive, so spectacular. I was blown away. And it's why I love talking about it so much and truly so relaxing. So close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen and pleasure is your only priority. You can explore fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. There are hundreds of stories to choose from and they release new content every week so you're never going to get bored and you're always going to have more to explore. They also have wellness sessions to help you wind down and sleep sessions to help you drift off. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash papaya. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash papaya. One more time because it's free and because it's lovely and because you deserve it, dipsystories.com slash papaya. Let's get back to the show. Hello, beautiful people. It's Renee Blewett, and I am your host for the She Did That podcast. Have you ever wondered how your favorite women founders are building these beautiful brands and legacies? Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, already on your journey, or just someone who wants to learn from the best to ever do it, this is the podcast for you. Every week, I'll introduce you to powerhouse entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators who are carving their own paths with love, resilience, and bold ambitions. Be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss a thing. All right. Well, before we like fully wrap up here, what would you say is like now... I mean, you're at like a crossroads in your life. And I think a lot of people are in their own, whether they're in relationships or out of them. Or do you have anything if you're going to give like one piece of advice that maybe is something that you hope for yourself or hope for the world in terms of like, I don't know, how to navigate relationships in this big, wild world? Mm, That's a heavy one. (laughs) I know it is. It's hard. I mean, I think the number one thing would be to protect yourself. Don't overprotect yourself to the point where like you're not open to meeting anyone Mm. or, you know, allowing anything new in because new can also be good. But at the same time, 
like you have to protect yourself, whether, mm-hmm. you know, even just from your safety to your heart, don't open yourself up to shit that you clearly know, like trust your gut and trust your instincts because you know when something's wrong and you know when something's off and you know when something's not worth your time. And when you get that feeling, you need to follow it. Yeah. Like you need to follow it. And it's sometimes anxiety and like legit red flags can feel like the same thing. They can. <laughs> Which it's not always that. Like you could meet a new person and they could seem really cool and you get that, you know, feeling in your stomach like, oh, I don't know. But sometimes those feelings are really just your own insecurities. And Mm -hmm. it's it's good to be able to decipher between the two versus, you know, this one's a fucking wreck. Like this is a fuck boy. Like, yeah. You, you know, need to know, you know, and you know, there they say that fear and excitement register is the same way in mm-hmm. our brains. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're at the top of the roller coaster. You're kind of scared, but it's kind of exciting. Yeah, I love the line in Nemo though, because you were kind of saying like, yeah, like protect yourself, but like don't overprotect yourself. Yeah, and my favorite, favorite, favorite line in Finding Nemo is when Dory says to, uh, is it Marlon who's the dad? He goes. He's talking about, I never want anything to happen to him. And she goes, well, if you don't let anything happen to him, nothing will ever happen to him. Mm, and mm-hmm. I always remember that. Like, we have to protect ourselves, but also we have to live and find those that openness. But yeah. I think at the end of the day, if I'm going to give my personal advice, we have to figure out what the who the fuck we are. Yeah. And I think we're so focused on what everybody else wants for us mm-hmm. or with us mm-hmm. that we kind of get lost in the mix. Yeah. And so any opportunity, whether you're in a relationship or not, is to find those moments, find yourself within that. Because I say it all the time, nobody's going to like make three-tiered wedding cakes for you when you, like, find love in yourself. Nobody's going to, like, hold a big ceremony. They're not going to take pictures and hold parties for it. You've got to fucking get loud with yourself. You've got to figure that shit out. It's so true. It's so so true. true. And, like, at the end of the day, I'm like, do you? I'm still doing it. I definitely do whatever the fuck I want to (laughs) do. And, you know, whether it's good or bad, like, it's, you know, it's for the story. Like, you you have to do things sometimes. Sometimes I feel like you have to, like, you know, put your foot right over the line just to see what it's like. Have fun. Have fun. Like, fun. definitely have fun, but at the same time, but trust like, yourself and trust yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think we know where, I think we know more than we let on. And mm-hmm. sometimes when we like second guess that inner voice a little bit, it mm-hmm. can cause, it can wreak some havoc. Right. Yeah. And that's not always anxiety speaking. That's like sometimes just a whole other person. Yeah. That's your guardian angel girl. <laughs> <sighs> where can everyone find you, you majestic human oh being? I love you so much. I love you so much. I need you to move to LA. Oh. I'm starting a riot. Co. <laughs> Co-sharing kids prevents me from that, but I will come down quarterly. Okay, great. All right. Well, (laughs) you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all at Cammie Crawford. It's K-A-M-I-E-C-R-A-W-F-O-R-D, like Cindy. Um, And yeah, and then Catfish every Wednesday at 8, 7 Central. Um, the new Sports Illustrated magazine oh this summer. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. <laughs> and obviously Relationship, my podcast is on Dear Media and we have new episodes every Friday. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. And for everyone listening, of course, I'll have the all in the show notes for you. Thanks for talking relationship with us today and we'll see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.